You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. <laughs> and joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast as well. Landon, I'm sorry that I, I wasn't here yesterday, but you did a great job handling the podcast we, by we yourself. Had a, we had a great time well done, yesterday. We, were, we had no restrictions. There's nothing holding <laughs> us back. It was It was... No, it was it was fine. It was good, good to kind of mix it up a little bit. But I'm I'm certainly glad you're back. Sure. All right. So today, Landon, we're going to do something that we don't normally do on this podcast. We're going to devote the entire show to one <laughs> single tweet, and it's actually not a tweet that I even sent out. You know, sometimes uh, you'll you'll send out a tweet to get some interactions, some people talking about stuff. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of this here, but. Uh, we've got a tweet from Brett Coleman. I hope I'm saying your name right. Uh, a guy who has done some fantastic YouTube cut-ups. Actually, one of my one of my favorite people on Twitter. I agree. Um, I think he does a really good job. However, we had, he, he tweeted out something about the mm-hmm. Cowboys that we need to talk about. Uh, this was a couple days ago. Uh, Brett sent out the following tweet. He said, change my view. The Cowboys had the deepest and arguably best overall roster in the NFC last year, but were held back from winning it all by their quarterback and head coach. And they are about to waste their window by doubling down on that weakness. Um, Brett has some other tweets that we're going to talk about kind of following up on this, but I just want your initial reaction when you saw this, Landon. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, Talk me through this tweet. Well, there's a couple of things about it that are interesting. Um, one, uh, you, you want to go? You want to go? Well, piece I, I think the, the first thing, and this is the first thing that I said about this, is the first. The first thing is I, I can't even accept the premise of the tweet because uh, how do you make an argument that a team has a wind like in his mind? How can you make an argument that a team has a Super Bowl window if you have a quarterback problem? Like, I don't agree with the, his, his take on Dak or you know, the Garrett, but, but, but even just that's, from a 10,000-foot view, really is, yes. how could you possibly have a window for the Super Bowl and have a quarterback problem? So the idea that they're wasting some window while simultaneously having a quarterback and head coach problem, that doesn't really even exist. And, 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 and okay, I, I let me be... Brett is fantastic. Like, I love Brett's stuff. But Brett is also mostly a college football guy, an X's and O's guy. And he does fantastic work on that stuff. And I'm, you know, I I love his work there. The the, the reason that I disagree with his statement here is has everything to do with all of the ins and outs of of the NFL. You know what I'm saying? And and like I just mentioned with the window – just now, like that's the first thing. So, so the the very basis of the argument is is kind of flawed. But if you want it to the like the kind of, you know, what he's actually saying is, uh, Dak and Jason Garrett are the reasons that are being are holding back this team. You know, I, I think that you can't look into any of this situation. Uh, I, I have problems when we look at these situations. You know. Uh, 
and place blame on individual players for a team sport in general, you know, because obviously, I mean, and I described right. this when I, I tweeted, it's like fo- football is such a tightly wound game where everything it interacts with each other and you can't, it's hard to unravel just one thread of that without undoing the whole thing, right? And And I think that, you know, Sure. When you look, at, I mean, I don't know how you could have this conversation about what went right and what went wrong on this offense without mentioning the offensive line issues, without mentioning, you know, uh, you know the the state of the wide receiver core and the situation that I mean, really, it's it's a whole series of things. The offensive line issues throughout the season, all five spots at some point had problems of some sort varying from the starter being out from the entire season to the you know the starter dealing with injuries i mean the the minimum is a starter dealing a good starter dealing with injuries on and off all year um and then outside of that they they right. tried an experiment with with a, a wide receiver by committee uh that you know whether it was a good plan or not it completely was a failure in execution mostly due because of the fact that the injuries of the offensive line that I mentioned caused the quarterback and most of the starting offense to miss all of the preseason because they didn't feel safe about putting him out there. So, and then by the time the season rolls in, right. uh, the offense is an unmitigated disaster because it can't get onto the same page because they had no reps together. I mean, like, look, circ- there, there is circumstance that matters here. Like, and and I think if if people. We, well, we don't I mean, deal with context. I mean, here, that's the we? thing is that, like, look, that I mean, people want to know why teams don't see things the way that you know I do, quote unquote, the the royal we right does, and 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 the reason is because we view things very simply, and they understand that things are extremely complex, that that everything's interacting, and that it's not easy to you know simply assign blame or or simply assign you know. Uh, 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 cheers for, for, for good play. You know, I, I think there are things that, that happen that are very much intertwined. I, I think what if you if you watch the tape with, with Dak, and I'm sure Brett has, I mean, I'm not doubting that, but at least in my opinion, if you watch the tape, like, uh, first of all, his play between the first and second half uh, of the season is, is obviously, noticeably, markedly, statistically better, you know, it, it, and, and ridiculously so. Oh, um, yeah. and, and I think that, you know, that's, th- and it's not, it's the addition of Cooper, but it's not just the addition of Cooper, right? It's it's how that Cooper affects the rest of the offense and then and, and all that. And so I think that, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of different small things that are, that affected the results of the season, um, to try to place blame on Dak and Jason Garrett alone. I mean, especially when, like, we're not talking about a Ford, you know, 12 season. They went to the playoffs. They won a playoff game and, and lost to the team that ended up playing in the Super Bowl at, in L.A. You know, it's it's like they, they right. performed admirably. And frankly, I don't understand why Jason Garrett isn't getting more credit for I mean, despite it, just just Cooper turning this team around and taking them into the playoffs and then winning a playoff game, like uh, so, I I just have a, I find it hard to blame two specific people for you know frankly not a lot of terrible stuff and and I also find it hard to blame say that 
you're holding someone back when you know they're two or three plays away from going to the NFC Championship game with the youngest team in the NFL. Right, right. I think I think you hit on all the important things. I I, I want to kind of break this tweet up in a second, kind of go because there's a lot here. Uh, kind of go piece by piece, but let's take a quick break and we will come right back and we'll do that. All right, Landon, let's start with this uh, statement by Brett. Uh, he says the Cowboys had the deepest and best overall roster in the NFC last year. Um, I don't agree with that. I think they had a very, very good roster. Uh, I think they had a, a very good starting lineup, but I don't agree they were the deepest. I think you saw that at points with some of their guard situations, some of the receiver situations at tight end. When you know if Cole Beasley was banged up, it was a hard team to, to kind of – I mean, they just didn't have a lot of weapons. Uh, even when Cooper came back, they still they didn't have the same depth that receivers that other teams had in the division. I look at uh, I, excuse me the conference. I look at teams like the Rams and the Saints, who are just loaded on almost every single position. Uh, but what are your takes on that? Do you, do you think the Cowboys had the best overall roster? Kind of if you remove the quarterback position I, in the NFL, probably not in the NFC. I, I mean, I think I, I think they're in the conversation. Yeah, that's you know? the I mean, I, yeah. but I don't think no, they don't have the clear cut best. I mean, I think you could make more of that argument now than you could then. I, I think the Cowboys roster is better now than it was. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I would definitely say that now that that I think that they probably have one of the top. I mean, I don't think it's a uh, look. I mean, we're homers, but I mean, at least I am. But I, I can't. I, I I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Unreasonable to say that they're top five <laughs> roster in the NFL. I mean, just on paper, right? Yeah, I think that's fine. I think that's right. Right? I think they have one of the best. But, but yes, I'm not, 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 I, that's I now, not then. I think have, you're right. Like, especially when you talk it. about like, you know, I mean, the reality of what that roster looked like in season. You know, without Travis Frederick. You know, without Jason Witten. Without right. you know. So I, I think, and then when you talk about the injuries. Not even just Frederick, but like all the the in the situation what was what was happening with, uh, with Connor Williams and Xavier Suafilo. I mean, I, I think right. that they have good players there at had good players there last year. But I don't know that like it was. It's kind of like that old situation. Like when you have three quarterbacks, you have you don't have any. You know, it's like that's kind of what the left guard was for a while. It's like they had right. two or three guys that they liked there, but none of them yep. were great. And 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 it wasn't until Connor Williams kind of light came on a little bit in the second half that he started to play really well and that that problem got solved but you know I think that the thing is is that the the problem I think that that people have with evaluating the Cowboys roster in general is that the Cowboys are very much in this, I don't this is kind of new I guess but are very much believers in in the youth movement and and, and when you're believers in that kind mm. of youth really young rosters it's an it's it's your whole roster talent level is a huge moving target, right? Because I mean, you, you're you get not just one or two of your guys, but like almost huge sections of your team are improving leaps and bounds week to week, right? Like Leighton Vanderesh and uh, uh, right. and Chidobia Wuzie and Jalen Smith and all these guys who are young and talented that are just getting snaps, and all those snaps are feeding more into their you know their talent level, and they're getting better and better as they're seeing more and more. And there's guys like Gallup, and, and they're all Jarwin, Connor Williams already mentioned. You know all these guys that all across the team on all different position groups, 
who uh, are all young, all getting snaps, and all growing from that. And I and I think that that's why it's difficult to kind of, you know, when you look back, you look at the talent as it is now, not as the talent as it was week one of last year when we came into the season and we're like, uh, I don't know who any of these guys are. Right. Um, I, I, I do think they have a they have a great roster. They had a great roster then, but when you compare it to some of those other teams they were competing against, like the Rams, it's hard to say they're definitively better. I want to move on to this next one. We could, you've kind of already touched on this, but let's kind of do it again. Uh, so the Cowboys had the, the deepest and best overall roster in the NFC last year, but they were held back from winning it all by their quarterback. Um, Dak Prescott, from week 7 through 19, so that includes two playoff games, 101 passer rating, 70% completion percentage, averaging almost eight yards an attempt. Um, and then you added another six rushing touchdowns. I, I guess I just don't see the argument how they were held back by Prescott. What did Prescott do in that stretch of time that made him so they couldn't win games? Because if you watch the Seahawks game, you watch the Rams game, it wasn't Prescott the reason they lost, or they lost the Rams game. It was their defense. It was that loaded defense they had that could not get off the field. So how did Prescott hold them back from getting to their ultimate goal? I, well, I'm not I th- sure. I look, understand I mean, that, I think Lynn, the, the thought out. process is that Prescott at times played inconsistent, and and I think that's a legitimate concern. I mean, I mean, a legitimate criticism. Um, I. I, I Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, and, doesn't play inconsistent. And, and I also think that, Rogers, again, was awful I look year. back to what was going on at the offensive line. His The problem is is that the thing that Dak needs to work on and the thing that he clearly agreed with and worked on this offseason is the ability to reset his feet and reconnect his top and lower body so that he can deliver the ball correctly. The, that problem gets exacerbated right. by the fact that you have an offensive line that is in shambles at times. So when Xavier Suofilo is being delivered to Dak Prescott's lap by a defensive lineman, yeah, he's gonna he's you know he's he's big mm-hmm. and he's strong and he's gonna be able to he's gonna try to make the throw, but that's not always advisable. You know what I'm saying? And 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 he it's it's one of those things where right. you know Tony Romo went through this for a while where. People blamed Romo for trying to make plays above and beyond because the talent around him wasn't helping him out. You know what I'm saying? Like where he wasn't getting enough support, so he felt like he had to find a way to make a play, and in the effort of doing that, made the situation worse or missed the play or didn't do it as well. And and, and so the, basically right. the they – lump that into uh, you know a larger context of, of what he looks like. And so it looks like oh, oh Dak uh, you know is why, why is he throwing the ball higher? Why is you know why, why is that ball not there? No 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 no. And you know like from a clean pocket, I know any quarterback can do it. I, I think the issue is that Dak is fine with trash around his feet. Dak is fine rolling out and, and throwing the ball on the run. Dak is fine you know sidestepping and delivering a pass. I think where Dak has had problems is when he's had to step back up into a pocket that's not 100% clean and reset his feet before he throws the ball. And and I think that there's a lot of different times when that manifested itself where he's aware of that problem and he 
try, instead of stepping up into the pocket to deliver the ball like he should, he tries to roll out of the pocket and try to get outside and ma- change the windows and, th- and throw the ball. But then he ends up getting sacked because he doesn't see the guy on the outside. He rolls right into t- into pressure. Um, there's times when he does step, step up and he does, um, you know, get his uh, get his wits about him, but he gets too excited about making the throw and doesn't mm. settle down just a tick enough to settle his feet, re, re you know reconnect his upper and lower body, and so he ends up you know winging it with his arm. He'll throw it high, he'll throw it low. He doesn't get the strength right. combined with the accuracy of where his eyes and his feet are pointing, uh, and 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 it basically you know throws up the motion of his it, it throws off the motion of his throws. He has no business throwing the ball at that point. He needs to. To either settle himself, get ready, throw the ball, take the sack, or run out and get out of there and, and try to pick up what he can. Uh, I think that's all a learning process for a guy who's still very much a young quarterback. But that, none of those things are holding. The no, 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 no. But what I, but I think, I think what's, though, right? what, what, what it is the, is that people see that and they they interpret that as bad quarterback play when in reality I view it more as a good quarterback trying too hard to make a play where a play won't be made and and, and the play can only be made in the future by him if he improves certain very fixable aspects of his game and I think that's like you know, like I said, if he could fix, if you go back, I mean you've you've gone back and watched. Think about all the different times during the season where if Dak had just calmed his feet down and reset and thrown the ball like you know he can, where he would have made a like six more th- third downs or you know like a touchdown that was open. You know, I mean, sure. people view like those throws like oh Dak can't make that throw. Well, no, it's not that Dak can't make that throw. It's that Dak didn't make that throw because he got too excited or he just did blah, 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 blah. He needs to work through those problems by finding a way to, like I said, quickly reset and deliver the ball with accuracy down the field. And I, you know, I really believe that is something that he can fix. Uh, it's just a matter of doing it. And I, I can understand how people would see that and then interpret that as like, oh, he, he just can't do it. He's, you know, he's, he's too inconsistent. Please, okay. please, let me let me rant for thirty seconds. The the, the double standard here is kind of ridiculous. Like, I, I can almost see if you put change everything from the Cowboys to the Rams and say the Rams were the, one of the most talented teams last year, but they wasted their opportunity to win a Super Bowl because of uh, quarterback play. Jared Goff from week seven through all the way through the th- through the Super Bowl had a passer rating in the 80s during that same time. I mean, he was terrible in uh, the Super Bowl. He wasn't all that great in the championship game either. I didn't think he was great in the Cowboy game. Uh, you're looking at a guy who completed 61% of his passes uh, under 7.5 yards of attempt. Passer rating in the 80s doesn't give you any rushing ability. How is a quarterback like Jared Goff not receiving more criticism, especially when you consider all the weapons he had and the head coach that everybody seems to love so much around the league? Why is it that it's Dak that's getting the criticism Even more so. and not Why like aren't Jared we Goff? hearing? I mean, look, th- what you're what we're saying here is very questionable because it's a season long thing. Things change crazily throughout a season. I mean, before we get to this conversation about whether Dak or Garrett held back the Cowboys in the season, I think you should probably be having a conversation of whether Sean McVay and Jared Goff held back the Rams in the Super Bowl. Because 
They did. Yes. And, 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 yes, and ultimately, Sean McVay did. got embarrassingly outcoached. And then and Goff was exposed. And what I love Sean McVay. He had a bad game plan, though. Yeah. I said, it, I love it, Sean McVay, it, but he had a terrible exactly game it. plan. It's okay. It happens. But it, it just it's so weird to me, the ones that the players and coaches we want to criticize and the ones we want to praise. Like, we have now a pretty good sample size. If we get into the playoffs, Jared yeah. Goff is not good. Or Prescott's just the opposite. Prescott's stats in the playoffs, and you know he's actually been his play is actually better than in the regular season. So it, it's just so mind-boggling to me why we why why we pick certain quarterbacks to criticize and why we pick other quarterbacks to praise. It, it happened with Tony Romo, right? Romo's stats in the playoffs were actually pretty good compared to most quarterbacks. But for whatever reason, we wanted to label Romo as a choker, the blah, 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 blah. But totally ignore some of these other quarterbacks who, you know, frankly should get a lot more criticism. Guys that were picked a lot higher. Guys that are paid a lot more. Like, you don't see a guy like Matt Stafford get anywhere near the criticism of a Dak Prescott despite Stafford being one of the highest paid quarterbacks in NFL history, being a number one pick, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no. I mean, I think the thing is is that... Even that narrative for Romo didn't change until his last year and maybe after he retired. Um, uh, Other than that, I think, you know, that was something that stayed with him his whole career. And again, like, you know, it's it's all this stuff is very tightly wound. It's tough. It's tough to you know blame one thing or another. You know, if if nothing happens this year, there's going to be a ton of changes. But um yeah, I mean, it, it honestly, it's it's a lot like this argument that Albert Breer made about uh, the Cowboys signing Dak and Cooper and all this stuff while Jason Garrett still only has. Well, oh, I thought you were going to talk about the other. Th- when you mentioned no, Albert we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. No participation. No, no, but Albert Breer did this. Whole, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We're not doing that. I got really Albert Breer did this whole thing about talking about how uh, uh, you know that I don't I don't like. Uh, the, you know, them signing these these guys to deals with with Jason Garrett when your head coaching situation is not settled, blah 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 blah. And, and dude, it, like, if you can't get Zeke and Cooper and you know Dak further than the the where they've gone, like in you know one game away from the the, the in the divisional round of the playoffs, then then why why would we hire you? Like, why why are you the head coach of the Cowboys? Right. Like if you, if you're not a I mean if Jason if if the idea is that Jason Garrett is so terrible that we gotta re, we gotta fire him because he can't get us past the divisional round of the playoffs, and you're saying that you can't do that with the guys that we have in place, then why why are we firing Jason Garrett to hire you? Like I've never understood that argument. Like it, it, like I, it's it's point. not they, they, those right. guys are not so scheme specific players that you can't right. deal with them, right. especially someone like Cooper and Zeke. That's ridiculous. Yeah, ex- especially Amari Cooper. He fits in any single offense, you play, <laughs> except for Oakland. For whatever reason, John Gruden didn't know how to use that receiver. Um, just a follow up tweet from Brett Coleman, uh, kind of defending his his stance. He says. If the Cowboys paid Dak Prescott thirty million and lose some combination of Ezekiel Elliott, Byron Jones, Jalen Smith, Jordan Lewis, or Jordan Lewis in the process, I would consider I would consider that a franchise altering mistake. <laughs> Do you agree with that? I, no. <laughs> like, like I, first of all, why did Jordan Lewis get thrown yeah. in there? <laughs> like, I like Jordan Lewis, but there's there seems to be I, a caliber of player that, that, that is that like, was my that was my tweet, I, dude. Look, I mean. 
to me, I, I, look, I think I think all those guys are probably going to get signed except for Byron Jones. I, uh, Jordan Lewis, I, I mean, I, I don't really know. He's a third rounder, so I, don't, I mean, who knows? Uh, don't ask me who I would rather keep between Jordan. Well, Lewis okay, and but Elliott, either way, like. One. Uh, I don't think I don't. I think Byron Jones is the guy who's the odd man out. I'm not kidding. And I think that as you've got cornerback depth, and you've got a guy who's got who's created developing cornerbacks. So uh, I don't know how franchise altering is. And by the way, Brett, bad news. He's not getting thirty million dollars a year. Like he's get he's getting thirty two, well, thirty four million dollars. <laughs> yeah, like he's probably okay, getting at least thirty two yeah, million okay. dollars a year. Um, and you need to be okay with that. Like th- this whole idea of like, oh, how is team gonna do this? Look, how is how is the team's gonna do it without a quarterback? I hate this whole idea that like because the most valuable commodity in the NFL is a good quarterback on a rookie contract that they people think that oh I'll just go draft a quarterback. Like, like it's like it's oh just oh there you go like like oh I found one like that's not how it works guys I, I'm, thank goodness sure. that there's been some infusion and talent infusion into the league with these quarterbacks but uh, like you you don't just go down to the store and buy one like it's 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 really difficult to find this and I think Cowboys fans especially are just incredibly spoiled along here I mean anyone who's my age or older remembers the two thousands. And remembers what it was like having Drew Henson as your quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not trying to like mm. not pay somebody market value for a good starting quarterback because you know half the people that watch the team aren't really paying attention think that we shouldn't. Unfortunately, I remember the the 2000 through 2000. Well, really, really even to the 2006 stretch very 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 well. I actually watched. Uh, the Cowboys Steeler game from 2004 oh, yesterday, I the do, one with Vinny Testaverde. Yes. You remember this one? Where he fumbles Vinny Testaverde, yeah. man. Uh, so that's why I think that's why I appreciated Romo so much, and that's why I appreciate Dak now, because I can remember when it was, I mean, it just felt so doom and gloom to go into a season with Drew Henson and Chad Hutchinson and Quincy Carter and Clint Sterner. So to get a quarterback like Prescott, you're not letting that guy walk, especially when you factor in his leadership abilities, his character, his durability, you're not letting you're not letting that guy walk. And it's not going to be a franchise killing move giving Prescott 30 to 32 million dollars because you got to pay quarterbacks. So those are what that's what matters in today's NFL. You got to have a quarterback that can that can lead your team, that can pass, that can run. Uh, they'll be fine. If they lose Jordan Lewis but they manage to keep Dak Prescott, I think <laughs> yeah, they'll I be think okay. So. Right? I think they'll be fine. I, I, I think they'll be okay. All right, that is it for today's show. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.